Ortiz. Uh, background music and song is by P. Francisco. Uh, I'm going to put the link to the song and I'm going to put the link to his channel. This music, uh, background music, backing track and voice, it's done by Francisco. Great job, Francisco. Uh, this is not The Doors, although he sounds very much like Jim, which I appreciate. Uh, this is a cover song. Okay, so I'm going to put that on the message here if you guys want to go and check out Francisco's music this is the link to the song that I use so once again I'm back live if you want to call me the area code is 951-977-1159 and I chose the topic for tonight to be cryptozoology now we don't have to stick to that we can change it as the calls come in, but for the the start of the show, we're gonna we're gonna start having some topics, um, and then they can always change. But at least we stick to one subject, and we're able to um, moderate accordingly. All right, so I'll just uh, have some wait a little bit until people start coming in and settling down. I hope you guys are having a, a great Friday, getting ready for a good weekend, knowing that. A three-day, well, a two-day holiday at least is coming up. Not next week, but the week after that as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. This year went by pretty quickly um, here. Every year seems to go by faster and faster. As you can see also, I um, remodel a little bit uh, the way the channel looks. This is uh, the title of the show, and also I uh, this is a created image royalty free. I feel like I have to announce that so I don't get dinged in YouTube. But yeah, welcome to the show if you guys are tuning in. Again, this is Strange Days Live, hosted by Doc, transmitting live daily, um, roughly between 6 to 7 p.m. I start the broadcast and I go anywhere from an hour to two hours and more depending on interaction from the public. We've had an, uh, we've got a lot of good comments. I appreciate that. We've gotten a lot of new listeners and we've gotten some good feedback thus far. So that makes me very happy. And as always, what I try to do at the beginning of the show is to share um, the show with, uh, with the public via different types of social media so that way we know that it's a it's a live show so thus far we've had a lot of good um good replies we've had a lot of good conversations we've made good friends gotten a couple of uh of people that have called back have planned for the weekend. Anything cool? Uh, tomorrow morning here I'm supposed to be heading out of the city for a little bit. 
nothing major, just kind of hanging out. Should be back in time to host our Saturday show. And then, um, based on some comments from audience, which I appreciate a lot, I think we're going to be starting with, with the topics. In regards to, we'll pick a topic, carry on with that, and then if people wish to call with their own opinions, or if they call with other stories, that's welcome. And that's appreciated as well. social media if you guys have any other ideas how to share our show that would be appreciative appreciative appreciate sorry sometimes based on the days uh you know the shows will get either i will have a lot of people replying or get uh, not that many people get involved with the show I think you also do a lot with personal activities since I tend to have the afternoons free so I take time to do this. starting to have uh, some more listeners. Hey JD, how are you buddy? Hope you're having a good Friday JD. Good to have you here as always. Okay, so we got that going on. Perfect. Um, so what I wanted to kind of focus this episode but was on, on the topic of something that got kind of me uh, interested early on uh, the unexplained and the paranormal and that's you know that's basically it's cryptozoology um, and basically for those that, that don't know um, cryptozoology is basically it's, it's a pseudoscience 
that's a field that actually that focuses on um, on the study of creatures and beings that are either considered to be legendary, uh, mythical, or cryptic. Uh, it involves uh, investigation of animals and beings whose existence had not has not yet been scientifically proven or documented within the frameworks of uh, mainstream biology or zoology. Uh, these creatures that fall into that spectrum are often referred to it as, as cryptids. Um, the term cryptozoology is actually derived from, uh, from, from a work, uh, two Greek, uh, a couple of Greek words, crypto meaning hidden, and then uh, zoon is zoonotic or animal and uh, logos is the study of so cryptozoology is the hidden study of hidden animals uh, or hidden life forms if you will um, <coughs> excuse me and cryptozoologists uh, explore various reports uh, they explore explore the folklore surrounding these beings um, they often interview eyewitness accounts which is one of the most important aspects of cryptozoology they go off on investigation of anecdotal evidence uh, and they search for clues of these uh, elusive creatures okay by the way I just want to if you guys can give me a heads up how, how's the sound tonight I'd like to know how the sound is I appreciate it some questions about sound quality yesterday and I just want to make sure that it's um, it's good for those that are listening perfect thank you JD for replying so other than that uh, you know some some of the well-known uh, cryptids that have been uh, the subject of, of research uh, and study are, are your your Bigfoot also known as your Sasquatch which are large ape-like creatures mostly reported in North American forest and uh, particularly in the Pacific Northwest of our state of our country I should say even though there's been reports in all states uh, from creatures that would fall within this realm uh, we have also sea sea monsters sea snakes uh, the Loch Ness Monster being one of these uh, creatures. Uh, it's an aquatic, obviously, creature which inhabits the Loch Ness in Scotland, uh, which is sort of a, a lake formation in the north of uh, Britain. And um, it's often described as a long-necked, prehistoric-looking creature. Uh, you also have your chupacabras, uh, which is a, a creature from a Latin American folklore believed to attack and drink the blood of livestock. This was famous and it came into being, I remember in the early, early 90s is when you started hearing a lot about these chupacabras. I think the lore initially came from the island of Puerto Rico, where they used to have find a lot of, uh, cabra actually means goat, uh, of goats that were found with uh, injuries and the lack of blood. So chupa in Spanish means to suck and cabra means goat. So the goat sucker, meaning that they would suck the, the goats dry of their blood. 
You also have a creature that's similar in essence to, to the Bigfoot, and these are the Yeti, also known as the Abominable abominable snowman and these are legendary ape-like creatures said to inhabit the Himalayan mountains. There's uh, another creature called the Mothman which is a winged humanoid creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia in the 60s. That was the initial sighting of this creature uh, and but it's been also seen in other states and I believe uh, New Jersey is also an area where it's been reported. They, the, the lore behind the Mothman is uh, they believe that it's a creature that tends to appear before something ominous occurs. When it first appeared in Virginia, there was a, a bridge collapse a few weeks later, and so they, they tied in um, the appearance of the Mothman with the bridge disaster that unfortunately took the life of a lot of people. Now, in the Native American folklore, we have the, the Thunderbirds, which are giant bird-like creatures reported in various parts of the world. So, um, some people will not really consider cryptozoology to be a legitimate scientific discipline because it lacks the empirical evidence and the methods that are required to validate. Uh, some of the critics may argue that many cryptid sightings can be attributed to hoaxes, which, of course, it can. Uh, mid, mid, uh, mid, excuse me, misidentification of known animals, plausible, or pu purely just anecdotal uh, evidence. But, however, uh, you know, cryptozoologists and enthusiasts continue to investigate these mysteries because they want to prove and uncover evidence that may challenge the existing scientific paradigms of what a, what a life form is. And while cryptozoology remains on the fringes of scientific inquiry, it maintains a popular and enduring fascination, and cryptic stories continue to capture our imagination collectively. So when I was a little kid, I used to be very much a fan of the Loch Ness Monster. It was always, you know, you always have, you always find yourself your favorite cryptid. I think mine as a little kid was the, the Loch Ness Monster. I had a fascination for Nessie. I used to watch uh, In Search Of, I remember, they had a, a chapter in regards to Loch Ness Monster, and I just thought it was fascinating. Um, I, I don't know why, I was, uh, it was just one of those cool, you know, when you're little, I think you have the fascination for dinosaurs, and so to think that there could be the possibility of a, of a dinosaur-type animal still inhabiting Earth is just fascinating. Uh, I remember when I used to go swimming in different lakes, I would always freak out that there would be some something uh, underneath the surface, if you will, trying to get at me. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that never occurred. How about you guys out there? What would uh, somebody posted that the Loch Ness is also their favorite? Now the, the most famous photograph of the Loch Ness Monster has been um, what it's called uh, the doctor photo 
And this is the, the typical picture that you've, you've seen about Nessie. Let me see if I can bring it up here. You know, everything is so, um, well, this is a recreation of it. So I don't think this has any, this is the black and white picture of a, of a head of a, of a dinosaur type looking creature coming out of the water. This was taken, I believe back in the 1930s. Um, all right, so I, the, it, it's okay. So here, here we go. The, um, the Nessie's doctor photo, this was the most famous and widely recognized photograph of Nessie, uh, also known as the surgeon's photograph, which was taken in 1934 by Robert Kenneth Wilson. Let me see if I can pop it on my phone here so you guys can know what I'm talking about. This. Yeah, this is the one. So this is the photograph that I'm talking to you guys about. I'm sure you all seen that picture before. And um, <clears throat> so the story goes that uh, it was taken by uh, Robert Kenneth Wilson in 1934. And it was initially debunked as a hoax. Uh, the surgeon's photograph depicts what appeared to be a creature with a long neck emerging from the water. It's gained significant attention and contributed to the Loch Ness Monster legend, but it was later revealed to be a stage photograph involving a toy submarine with a model head and neck attached. Since then, numerous other photographs have been claimed to show Nessie, but most of them lack the credibility and have been criticized as hoaxes as well. Misidentification mis or optical illusions um, so, yeah, this photo, I think, for many years was the photo of, of Nessie. And um, there, there's some other videos also that are, that are very um, interesting and convincing. There was, a, I think this year, there was a, a group of people that actually spent a lot of hours trying to... to prove the existence. I'm looking for that. Right, so this, uh, in August of this year, actually, more than 50, uh, more than 50 years since the, the advent, they had a lot of, uh, of researchers scan the lake and try to provide um, a deep radar uh, penetration and actually they came out pretty empty you know other things that could happen it uh, maybe there's uh, there's a theory that Loch Ness has connection to the ocean directly and um, I'm sure that there's also evading capabilities right of the 
of, of if there is such a thing as a Loch Ness monster to evade. Uh, if there's a lot of activity on the lake for them to hide themselves. So this happened uh, on August 27 uh, of this year. Uh, they joined. A, it was a joint two-day hunt um, sponsored by the Loch Ness the Loch Ness Center, which actually partnered with with a voluntary research team uh, called the Loch Ness Exploration to organize "quote unquote" the quest. They say that they will be using surveying equipment that had not previously been tried at the Loch Ness including thermal drones. Uh, volunteers from around the world were allocated uh, locations around the 23-mile or 37-kilometer long lake uh, from which to monitor for any signs of Nessie, while others took to boats. A hydrophone was also used to detect acoustic signals uh, underwater. They said, quote, we did hear something. We heard four distinctive gloops, said researcher leader Alan McKenna. We all got a little bit excited. Uh, we ran to make sure the recorded sound uh, was on and it wasn't plugged in. What a bummer. <laughs> That's too bad. So uh, the first written record of a monster, the first written record of a monster relating to Loch Ness was by an Irish monk named St. Columba to set to have banished a water beast to the depth of the river Nest in the 6th century. When I was a kid back in like 7th grade, I remember I did a, we had to pick a country to do a book report on and I, I chose uh, Scotland just because of the fact that, um, that I was fascinated with the Loch Dance Monster. to the daddy duties I had my daughter just need something okay so yeah um, yeah John Alvarado called me in regards to the, the, the proven fake photo of Nessie and I agree that's so what, what other uh, let's see here I'm gonna let's let's dive deep into the Mothman. The Mothman is pretty cool. So I um there's a movie that came out a few years ago about the Mothman with, uh, I think Richard Gere played one of the title characters, so it was very cool. Um, the Mothman is basically a cryptic or a creature from urban legend or folklore associated with sightings around Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So this is a very brief history. In 1966 and 67 is where the initial sightings of the Mothman started. You know what, before we go on, we're going to be speaking about these guys. I'm going to put a picture on so you guys can check it out. I 
try to, you know, learn how to navigate this. try to get more familiar with the program itself so bear with me while I get put pictures up for you guys so this is a representation of what the Mothman supposedly looks like he's a, a winged creature one of the standing uh, features of it is, is a bright red eyes and these kind of you know moth like projections coming in from uh, from the head so in 1966 and 1967 is where the, the sighting started. Uh, they began in November of 66 when five men were digging a grave in a cemetery near uh, Clendon in West Virginia. They reported seeing a winged humanoid uh, figure flying overhead. Shortly after, on November 15, 1966, two young couples reported encountering a strange humanoid-like creature with large wings and glowing red eyes while driving near an abandoned munitions factory near Point Pleasant. This event is often considered the catalyst for the Mothman legend. Some of the characteristics of the Mothman are uh, they described as a creature standing about seven feet tall with large wings and piercing red eyes that emit an eerie, unblinking glow. Its body was often described as gray or brown, uh, and it's been reported to have incredible speed and agility. Some additional sightings uh, occurred in the, in the ensuing months, uh, reported in Point Pleasant area, the same region, but with different people. Some accounts also included strange phenomena, such as electrical disturbances, <clears throat> excuse me, and poltergeist-like activity. The Mothman sighting, sighting, the initial one, coincided with the construction uh, of the Silver Bridge, which spanned the Ohio River and connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Galliopolis, Ohio. On December 15, 1967, tragedy struck when the Silver Bridge suddenly collapsed during rush hour traffic, leading to the death of 46 people. Some claim to have seen the Mothman in the vicinity of the bridge prior to the disaster. Uh, the Mothman legend has gained national attention and was popularized by author John Keel, who wrote the book The Mothman Prophecies in 1975. The book explored the sightings, the bridge collapse, and associated paranormal phenomena. The book was, actually, was later adapted into a film in 2002 starring Richard Gere. So there seems to be various theories existing to explain the Mothman sightings, including a suggestion of a mystified, misidentified bird, an owl, uh, or a sandhill crane. Others propose that the sightings may have been linked to UFO or paranormal activity. Today, the Mothman legend continues to attract tourists and researchers to Point Pleasant, where a Mothman museum, an annual Mothman festival, celebrates the cryptids cryptic legacies. So the Mothman has remained an enduring and enigmatic figure in American folklore, and the mystery of its existence continues to intrigue those of paranormal desires. So yeah, this is a uh, this is one of the pictures of what has been identified as <clears throat> very interesting. 
I, I don't. Um, I've never seen the movie. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie or not, but I, I haven't had the chance to. If you guys out there are listening, uh, call us. If you've ever witnessed anything that would feel feel uh, fit within the within the range of cryptozoology. Have you guys seen every anything strange? Have you ever have you guys seen anything abnormal? Some, try to find some pictures to put online for you guys so you can see. So the chupacabra, it's like like I was just talking about earlier. Uh, it started right. The lore of it started uh, maybe in the late 80s, early 90s, and um, it was mostly around like the Puerto Rico area. So as you can see here, it looks like a, basically it looks like a cross between a dog with some wolf-like qualities. And it has these particular spines that are going from the back. Give me a second, guys. Sorry about that, guys. So the chupacabra is a cryptic creature from Latin American folklore and its name literally translates to a goat sucker in Spanish. So that's what we talked about before. The lore of the chupacabra is characterized by a range of legends and accounts, primarily in Spanish-speaking countries where it believed to be responsible for attacking livestock and draining their blood. The appearance of the chupacabra can vary in different accounts, but it's often described as a reptilian or alien-like creature. Common descriptions include a creature with leathery or scaly skin, sharp spines or quills along its back, large eyes and fangs or sharp teeth. And it's typically reported as being about the size of a small bear or a large dog. 
The behavior attributed to the chupacabra is notorious for its alleged attack on livestock, particularly goats, chickens, and other small animals. In these accounts, it is said to kill the animals by draining their blood, often leaving behind puncture wounds or incision on the carcasses. The creature is believed to be nocturnal, very elusive, making it difficult to be captured or even photographed. The chupacabra legend first gained widespread attention in Puerto Rico in the mid-90s when reports of livestock mutilation and mysterious death began to surface. The legends quickly spread to other Spanish-speaking countries in Latin America and the southwestern United States. It had also become a subject of interest in popular culture, appearing in books, films, and television shows. Skeptics and scientists have uh, attributed the reported chupacabra attacks to more mundane cases, uh, causes such as predation by wild animals, disease or scavenging by common creatures like dogs or coyotes. In some cases, the chupacabra phenomenon may be fueled by mass hysteria or superstition. Uh, beliefs about the chupacabra vary among regions and individuals. Some see it purely as a mythical creature, where others firmly believe in its existence. Um, so yeah, so this is one another another one of our friendly cryptids. There's some, there, I believe there's some videos out there where you can actually people have tried to capture. Um, chupacabras out in the wild. A lot of times people have also stated that uh, they could be uh, mangy animals because of the, the way that the, the leathery look of the skin. So maybe like a mangy uh, coyote, mangy wolves, or sometimes even a mangy bear, you know. which if you look online, some of these bears have suffered from mange, which is basically a disease caused by mites that cause hair loss and thickening and wrinkling of the skin. Uh, will give that appearance of emaciation and um, the lack of, of hair formation. So if you go online and you look at some images of mangy animals, they could definitely pass for what uh, Chupacabra has been described as, as being You know, some of the other creatures that are very interesting are uh, your your Bigfoots. Bigfoots and your abominable snowmen, which kind of have like the same physique, same characteristics. Uh, just different geographical locations. Some, you know, Bigfoot being more the Pacific uh, Northwest and also uh, sometimes Alaskan area, all the way to Texas, they've been some sightings of, of Bigfoots. And then you have your uh, abominable snowman, and that's mostly seen in the Nepalese Himalaya regions, high up in the, the mountain ranges. So, if you guys have any, um, have you guys ever seen anything like this before? Have you guys bumped into anything abnormal? 
I have not seen anything uh, remotely close to, to any of these uh, creatures. It would have been cool to have seen something like that, but no, I have I haven't uh, I haven't encountered anything abnormal. Regards to like the abominable snowman, I've seen that, uh, or also known as a yeti. There's been some images that uh, I found to be um, incredible when, when they have uh, the monasteries up in the Himalayas and they seem to have uh, skulls of these types of creatures that they hold sacred to, uh, that they hold sacred, and people say that. Um, could be proof for some of these animals that, uh, that that you know that they've been kind of wandering the earth. Also, there's been some photographic evidence of uh, or tracks in the snow of animals that seem to be you know above average height with large feet. It's your you know it's Bigfoot's cousin, if you will, right? They have to, they seem to have a lot of uh, a lot of common. Um, qualities between these two groups of animals. So the, the Yeti, um, some of the eyewitness accounts, uh, they've depicted as been depicted as having long shaggy hair, very strong muscular build, and the, the height is between six to eight feet or taller. Not as taller as your as your run-of-the-mill Bigfoot, in which they would describe as like being nine nine to ten feet. Uh, both being bipedal, basically primates that are able to walk in two feet. So, um, it, but seeing the cultural significance of uh, of the Yeti are very rooted in the folklore and tradition of indigenous people of the Himalayas. They're often considered to be a spiritual or mystical being by some cultures and other view him as a more of a physical or an undiscovered animal. Uh, some reports have been made by locals and explorers, like I said, for many, many decades, but there hasn't been any conclusive evidence, obviously. Um, very scientific expedition and investigations have been conducted in the Himalayas. Uh, they have included searches for footprints, hair samples, and, and DNA analysis, but none of them have been very conclusive. Uh, as to uh, as far as the the findings so yeah hey so i have a couple of listeners rafa rafael marquez uh, hello buddy hi how are you he and then i have genie bottle hi from the uk where bigfoots and yetis do not roam they don't roam maybe we can import something there let me see let's find out what kind of stuff what kind of weird stuff do you guys have in do you have any cryptids in england I'm sure you guys have uh, you guys have fairies right there was those famous photos to be uh, taken in the late in the early 1900s of fairies well proven to be fake but 
So England has its own share of cryptids and mysterious creatures that have been reported over the years. Some of the few cre creatures uh, associated with England are the Beast of Botman Moor. Botman Moor in Cornwall, England has been the site of reported sightings of a large black panther-like big pet. Yes, I've heard about this before. Descriptions vary, but eyewitnesses have claimed to see large predatory feline roaming the moorlands. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm familiar with this. I saw a video a couple of months back where they have, uh, you know, they look like a, basically they look like a panther, like a, a black panther, how it's described, um, of people being attacked by this. Um, you know, they said they could have been brought into England a long time ago and developed a very selective population. And they're able to kind of roam the highlands and, uh, you know, once in a while they'll make their way down and uh, attack or be seen by individuals. Uh, also in England, they have a thing called the Black black Shuck. The Black Shuck, also known as Hellhound of East Anglia, is a legendary ghostly black dog with red or flaming eyes, sort of like our uh, Mothman with the red eyes. It is said to roam the countryside, often associated with omens of death and misfortune. So that's kind of like England's version, I would say, of um, over Virginia's own Mothman. Oh, here we go. They have a British Bigfoot. It's called a Woodwose. Similar to the North American Bigfoot, the, B the British Bigfoot, or Woodwose, is a cryptid, often described as a large ape-like creature and sightings and reports of strange humanoid figures in forest and wilderness area have led to speculation about their existence. So there you go. You do have some sort of Bigfoot up in England. You also have the, the fairy folklore. That's what I was aware of. While not necessarily cryptids, uh, England uh, is rich in fairy folklore. So these mythical creatures, often small and elusive, have been part of English folklore for centuries. Uh, there's uh, a creature called the Lewis Ham Lynx. In 2001, reports emerge of a lynx or large cat-like creature roaming the Lewisham area of London. Although no evidence was found, the sighting led to a degree of excitement and concern. There's a creature called the Exmoor Beast. Put the volume down here a little bit. The Exmoor, Exmoor Beast, similar to the Beast of Bowden Moor, the Exmoor Beast is a legendary big cat said to inhabit uh, Devon and Somerset. Reports of livestock killing and sightings of a large predatory cat have fueled local legends. And the cats of Croydon, the Croydon Cat Killer or M25 Cat Killer was a series of reported animal mutilations and killing in and around London, some believe, some believe it was the work of humans, while others speculated about a more mysterious explanation. Yeah, I'll go with humans on that. Um, I know some people can be pretty evil, uh, especially towards cats. Cats get a bad rep, man. They're cool animals. And I think they have some sound of sixth sense, as, these, as cats can often be, you know kind of stare and be able to see things that we're not able to see but the British Bigfoot is there that was pretty interesting I never knew you guys had a Bigfoot yeah you know Jeannie Bottle says that uh, 
Exotic pets were a rage until 1916 where the laws changed and it led to the myth of wildcats roaming in more of Devon and Cornwall. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking. People, you know, had uh, had money and they had these um, lavish lifestyles. They went to God knows where, but cats, and then the laws changed and then they had to, instead of putting the cats down, they probably went up north and released their cats and then you have a little cat population. This is sort of what happened in, uh, well, what is happening now in, 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 um, in Colombia. So Pablo Escobar, uh, the notorious uh, drug dealer, uh, had a, he, had a, he had a zoo, his own personal zoo in Colombia, and he exp imported a, a hippopotamus. And years after, you know, Pablo has been dead. There's a, a huge crisis of uh, hippopotamus roaming around Colombia, where of course it's not a native species. So you can always introduce animal into an environment uh, where they're not native and they can thrive. So in 2009, one adult hippopotamus called Pepe was killed by hunters under authorization of local authorities. Uh, alternative methods have been considered, but they are unproven. They said uh, in 2016, 2017, a wild male hippo was caught, castrated, and released. Uh, I wonder how many hippos are are, uh, are running around. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> They're referred to as cocaine hippos. That's a bad rap, the cocaine hippos. But I was looking at a report a couple of days ago, uh, and it's, yeah, it said that they were kind of getting out of control. Authorities estimate that there are about 169 hippos in Colombia, especially in the Magdalena River Basin. Um, and if there's no measures taken, there could be a thousand by 2035. Boy, my goodness, these guys replicate pretty fast. Uh, environmental Minister Susan Mohammed said the first stage of plan will be the surgical sterilization of 40 hippos per year, and this will begin next week. You know, hippos are pretty nasty animals. They could, uh, they're very well respected by all other larger animals. You don't mess with a hippo. You know, hippos can run fairly fast, uh, and they can destroy you as a person in a matter of seconds. So when you watch videos of uh, of animals, you know, from um, Africa, like, uh, you know, crocodile uh, attacks or you watch a lion attacks, uh, they don't mess around with, with hippos. They, could, uh, they can take you down pretty, pretty quickly. So the cocaine hippos are getting out of hand. Well, it's better than cocaine getting out of hand, right? Um... John Alvarado mentioned there's another lake monster in Scotland called the Morag or Loch Morar. And Jeannie Bottle uh, said that she loved cats. Cats love me. I feed foxes. They do not feed me. Be careful with them foxes though, Jeannie, because if, uh, if these animals that are um, not, you know, they're not pets, meaning that they're they're used to being out on the outdoors they, they start approaching humans you always have to think about the possibility of rabies sometimes ra rabbit animals can act very uh, weird and uh, they'll take one snip at you and then you'll be having fun with shots for six months 
And rabies is not a fun disease. Yeah, especially foxes are, are known to carry rabies. So be careful or just throw food at them from, from far away. Let's see here. Let's see in, in California if they've seen any crazy stuff. Just navigating here. So I want to do... I know in California, probably in regards to cryptids, uh, we probably have a variety of Bigfoot or Chupacabra, maybe. Yeah, Bigfoots. We have a, a Fresno Nightcrawler. Yeah, I remember this guy. This was the Fresno alien, which was uh, a cryptid, uh, slender creature with white, uh, long legs and a small upper body. And this guy was seeing in the Fresno area, the Fresno Nightcrawler. I'm going to see if I can find this guy and show you an image. I'm still working on how to integrate a, a browser with with the show so I can kind of just do a search and, and pop it, but I don't know um, how, um, how nice Google is, excuse me, uh, YouTube is with showing videos. Uh, I guess as long as you critique the videos, uh, the, the, they don't have a, trick, uh, a royalty or trademark. So I'm going to show you guys a Fresno Nightwalker. Let's see here. Let's see what we can find with the Fresno Nightwalker. We're going to do it uh, old school style. We're just showing you guys the phone. There we go. So I'll start the video up. So this is a camera showing a, a normal patio. And Fresno, which is about... Um, six hours north of LA, I would say. You hear some traffic in the background and then you see something walk. I saw something walk on the... Not much to see, huh? Yeah, I didn't see a whole bunch. I saw a whole bunch of nothing. Uh... Let's see this video here. I guess you gotta, they changed the phone. Here we go. Fresno alien or the Fresno nightcrawler. They did a, this video does a close up analysis. We'll see what we, we see what we see here. Original footage cropped to fill the screen. Boy, that's bad. That's the resolution that I see on my phone. You'll see this weird two-legged thing walk. There we go. You see that thing kind of walking on stilts? That's the Fresno um, Nightcrawler or Alien. You know, what I saw is um, it was supposed to be pretty, pretty large. I mean, from the video, you can't really assess height, but if you're the homeowner, you could. Let me see the height of the... Mm, yeah, 1.5 meters. So this is just about uh, about 5 foot 8, you know? So it wasn't... I mean, it looks very small on the, on the video, but, but if you compare it to the other things uh, within the camera, it was about 5 foot 8. So it's not something small. Imagine 
catching that thing walking around. There's also the, we have a Mothman here in California too, the Mothman, California Mothman. Uh, yeah, Chupacabra, I'm sure. We have some Bigfoots. And we have a California Sea Serpent. And we have a, in Lake Tahoe, we have a California Monster too. What do they call them here? Doesn't have a name. Let's pick a name. Let's pick a name for the Lake Tahoe monster. There's a, in uh, in the Canadian, uh, there's a lake in Canada called Okanagan Lake, and they have the famous Ogopogo, which is like a serpent-like creature. So we should come up with a cool name like Ogopogo for the Lake Tahoe monster. You know, supposedly we have a lot of creativity in California, but we don't have creativity to come up with cool cryptic, cryptic names, you know. By far the Chupacabra, I think, is the coolest name ever invented. I mean, it sounds cool to the, to the Americans, and it sounds really cool to the Spanish-speaking Chupacabra. It just sounds powerful. Almost like you would like to call your kid Chupacabra. Would you guys call your kid Chupacabra? Somebody told you, hey, man, we'll give you, we'll pay for his college. All you got to do is just call your, your kid Chupacabra. Uh, Chupacabra Martinez, Chupacabra Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather, um, <laughs> that's silly. I don't know if I would call my kid Chupacabra uh, for free college. But some of you guys out there might, right? Maybe, um, maybe it's expensive to take to... Um, to enroll kids in school in England. Jeannie, what do you say uh, to a chupacabra? Having your kid named chupacabra. No takers? Well, we are a call-in show. Um, if you guys want to call, it's 951-977-1159. It is a Google Voice number, and I've heard that uh, Google Voice uh, doesn't have any cost if you do an international call. We've had calls from Texas and Washington and a call from Canada. No calls from across the pond. Uh, but yeah, there's no charge if you call the number. So if you guys are interested in calling and just uh, maybe giving us a little bit of a you know, it's a tall order because not that many people actually have seen uh, these guys out in the wild. But if you've experienced anything strange besides cryptids, uh, call me. I'm sure that in England you guys see a lot of um, see a lot of ghosts and weird things, right? You guys have old homes and a lot of haunted places. So you know, so give give me a call. I haven't had one call tonight, which is rare because I usually get a, a few calls. Uh, so yeah. It's also Friday. People are probably out partying instead of listening to to the show. But hey, I'm here. And you guys are here. The listeners. Genie Bottle says that if I had kids, it would be cruel to get them a name that they can get bullied by. Yeah, but you get free education. You know? But uh, you don't have to disclose it. I would just use the initial C. Or Chupa. You can just call it Chupa. That would be an exotic name, right? I'm just teasing you, Jeannie. I, would, I wouldn't call my kid Chupacabra, if, 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 even if it gave me a free education. I think that's pretty cool, too. Especially nowadays when, you know, when bullying follows you home. Back in the day, if you got bullied at school, you, you came home and you had your own buddies at home. You had your school friends and you had your house and you had your neighborhood friends. 
and the bullying usually wouldn't follow you. But now with the advent of social media and kids always staying indoors, man, that's all you get. It's just bullying, 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 which sucks. Different times, right? And it's funny how like somebody that we don't really care too much about, which is the bully, how much somebody's words can affect us. There's a lot of people that get affected by uh, by trolls, you know? People you have never met in your life, you probably will never meet. You post something online, they post something negative, and then you go spinning your wheels because some guy that who knows who he is said something negative. We shouldn't be that way. Du uh, water off a duck's back, right? It's not the saying, but it's easier said than done. A lot of time people, they take a... Uh, They take their, you know, their opinion of their family lightlier than they do the opinion of others. We all want to be loved. We all want to be liked. Isn't that the thing? Anyways, we're diverting from the Fresno Nightcrawler. Let's see. Um, yeah, so cryptids. Um, there's always these cryptids that I found that are, are to be in vogue. Like people, like for example, now they have these Peruvian. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen these Peruvian mummies of uh, like Peruvian mummies of UFOs that just kind of got investigating. About a month and a half, a month and a half, the story broke that they found these. Um, They found these mummies buried in Peru, and they were actually they they did a uh, somebody in Mexico actually brought them up to con to the Mexican Congress to address the the existence of these creatures. Uh, Jaime Mausan is uh, it's somebody akin to. Art Bell for the Mexican community. Jaime Maussan has been doing um, investigation into the paranormal for 40 years probably. And this guy um, recently brought forth these, uh, put a picture of them here, these mummies that they said that were found in, uh, they were found in Peru. Uh, yeah, I think he had two of them in the show. Uh, found in Peru and he brought him up to the Mexican Congress in order to be evaluated to see if the, indeed they were uh, they were of uh, UFO origin. Now they did uh, some they took some x-rays of these mummies in order to do like you know analysis and they provided that to the media as well. Uh, they said that they found they actually found some eggs that were within the body of um, of one of the mummies. What what looked like to be egg? They were these translucent or yeah translucent uh, round findings, and they also did an MRI on these creatures. Now I know my way around X-rays. Okay. I know my way around an x-ray and I kind of know how the hip works. All right. 
So where am I getting at? I'm getting at that. I want to post an image here. I want you guys to take a look at. Because this is this is supposed to be an, uh, an X-ray of the of these strange beings. Okay. Let me see if I can find it here. I need to I need to work better with this browser because it's one second. Sorry, guys. There's a way that I can use the browser and I don't have to go looking for the browser images. So that way I can kind of show it to you right away. I will by tomorrow I'm gonna start using the browser so you guys don't have to give and wait waste time and wait until I post it correct. Okay, here we go. All right, there we go. Alright, so I know my way around uh, x-rays, okay, and I know my way and I know how a, a hip is supposed to function. Uh, and I'm going to show you a picture of a normal, of a normal hip, okay, and how the, the, the hip functions. Because I have, I have a, I have a beef <laughs> with these purported aliens. The aliens looked okay, all right? Don't get me wrong. The aliens, they, they look like very desiccated and they look sort of like the, somebody could have just paper mache them. But this is a human hip, okay? This is an x-ray of a human hip. I don't know if you can see my cursor, but long story short, uh, you have a ball and socket, okay? I wish you could, I wish my, I wish you guys could see. Is there a, Anyway, so you have a ball and socket. If you look up, uh, you know, you, you, have a, you have a ball uh, and a socket. <laughs> I keep saying that, but I can't. I don't know if you guys can see my, uh, my cursor. Okay, so now compare both of these images. Okay, you have the aliens here. You have the aliens to the left, and then you have a human hip to the right. What is the problem? Well the human hip works as a ball and socket okay a ball that goes into a socket and you have rotation there's no way in the alien hip that you have that you have no ball and socket you basically have some kind of weird bone and then you have just the ball but there's no socket there so how is this guy walking around so when i saw the image when i saw the x-ray of the alien which is on the left hand side I'm like, there's no way that's a true x-ray. I mean, somebody who knows basics about human anatomy can tell you that. That's not how the human, well, okay, they're not human, whatever, but that's not how something walks. You need a ball and joint socket, and that definitely doesn't have a joint for the ball to go into. So that was the first red flag that I saw. And then um, next, you look at the hands, and you have different finger lengths and you don't have any joints, okay? We're supposed to have joints. There's no joints on those fingers, so pretty bogus there. Um, and if you look into, if you look in the belly section, like you know, if you look a little above, will be your belly section. You have these three round, what they call eggs. Long story short, I think it's a hoax. I don't think it's real. Um, the X-ray just kind of gives it away. You know, so always analyze things from just because we like the paranormal and we like the unexplained, it doesn't mean that we have to take things at face value. I think we have to, we, we have a duty to be investigative and 
you know, to choose the answer that best, the best fits uh, what we know. For example, if you're alone in your house and you hear a noise next door, uh, you can't go from like noise to a ghost, right? You need to see maybe something fell, maybe there was a change in temperature. Just critically think about life. Um, when you've exhausted all those options, then I think you can move into the into the, the realm of paranormal. All right, but you, you, we have to use our 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 noggin and not take everything at face value. Yeah, Genie Bottle says that it looks like a badly hoax X-ray. Yep, I agree with you 100%. I don't believe that these X-ray uh, these um, I don't believe that these uh, so-called Peruvian mummies are indeed mummies. There was another mummy that made the rounds about two years ago, and it was pretty. Excuse me. It was called an alien skeleton. It was about six four six inches long, and it made its rounds. And it was brought to the U.S. and then it was examined. And long story short, it was it was made out of uh, bird bones, and it was held with like some kind of glue. So nothing conclusive. But that's part of the part of the dismissal of the science. Seven forty-nine, ten minutes away. What are we gonna do here? Are we gonna go on? Or are we gonna have people call? Call and say hello. You can call to tell me uh, one of your scary stories or experiences. Does it have to be anything related to Bigfoot? I usually give a 10 minute warning, meaning that if, if I don't get any calls, I usually just call it a day and um, until tomorrow, and we just kind of keep having people join us. I download the show and I, I tend to repost it, and I get a lot of more listens uh, once it's been uh, reposted. So a lot of people listen to it offline as opposed to calling it live. But you know, it's only been uh, like a week and a half since I started this thing, and I've gotten some good reviews. So I'm definitely keep going I'm gonna keep going until I build a nice following and before you know it it'll probably be hard to get through you know we'll see so yeah that was it kind of I, I kind of like the format a little bit uh, today in regards to picking a subject and sticking to it although I I miss the callers, but that's always an option. And I know it's Saturday, it's Friday, so it tends to be a little bit slower. I know that when there's big games on TV or when there's maybe a Friday, I, uh, I get a little bit less uh, amount of callers that I usually get. But uh, if you guys want to call, the number is 951-977-1159. And... It's a free call. It's a Google voice number, so you can call internationally uh, without incurring any sort of a personal cost to you. Genie Bottle says, first time here. I hope to be back, but we'll never phone. Why not? I'm a friendly guy, and it's just a call. Pretend you're calling your local, um, I don't know, Chinese restaurant and you want to order some food 
you know it's not a, a live meaning we're not gonna we wouldn't do facetime so you don't have to be embarrassed i've called radio shows before i started this one and it could be a little bit scary and overwhelming but we'll i'll put you at ease we just uh start basically doing a little interview but if you ever feel like you want to call we're here it must be if you're in england it must be very late over there it's probably close to like three four in the morning right depending what part of england you're in so you must be a night out mrs bottle let's see yeah it's 3 52 a.m i'm glad you're listening though should we pick an, our last cryptid to call it a day Thunderbirds. Okay, let's see. These are pretty cool. So the the Thunderbirds uh, are a group of cryptids or legendary creatures that are often associated with Native American folklore. And um, they've been reported sightings in various parts of North America. They are typically described as very, very enormous bird-like beings with impressive wingspans and sometimes supernatural abilities. The Thunderbird legend varies among different Native American tribes, but there are a common, some common aspects here, uh, being one of them their physical description, their abilities, their cultural significance, and so also the, the sightings and reports. Uh, let's see that uh, some of the description that tends to be similar are they're described as having a wingspan ranging anywhere from 10 to 20 feet. That's enormous. Their feathers are sometimes said to be iridescent or brightly colored. Uh, they're sometimes depicted with sharp beaks and talons. Some of their abilities are associated with powerful natural forces, particularly thunder and lightning. That's very cool. They are said to create thunderstorms by flapping their wings and to shoot lightning from their eyes. Wow. Thunderbirds hold significant cultural and spiritual importance in the mythology of many Native American tribes, including the Ojibwa, Menominee, uh, Ho-Chunk, and others. Sorry, guys, for the mispronunciation. They're often seen as powerful mythical creatures that could bring both blessings and destruction. Uh, there have been reported sightings and uh, all the way from North America and Great Lakes, the American Southwest and the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and these uh, sightings have led some cryptozoologists enthusiasts to speculate that Thunderbirds might represent undisclosed or undiscovered large birds or flying creatures. Yeah, you know, the Native American folklore is beautiful. They have so many cool things um, and traditions. They're very admirable people. I want to look for some images so I can kind of put it out there for you guys to see. I don't know if this, let me see this. So this is, I'm going to put a picture of what is called the Argentine bird, okay? This is not a thunder bird, but this is, it will kind of show you the, 
what the wingspan of the, the, the what the wing wingspan of these guys would would be comparable to um, to a human and it's just phenomenal here we go all right so it's a little bit small. here we go look so that's an probably that's a five seven five eight human uh, and this bird here that I posted uh, it's known as um, Argent let me just find the Argentine bird, which lived around six million years ago on the plains of Argentina. Uh, it had a wingspan of around 25 feet and its feathers were as long as samurai swords. Wow, that's amazing. You know, in Argentina, also Argentinian, Chile, and uh, the Andes is where you find uh, the, the condors, which are probably the largest, yeah. Condors are the largest the largest birds that uh, of existence today and um, boy their wing wingspan can also be about 24 feet that's amazing I didn't know that could be that big that's awesome so we still have some pretty large birds that are around you know I know the condors are uh, endangered I've seen little condors but I've never seen a, 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 a big condor but yeah so the california condor uh 9.5 or 2.9 meters so yeah 9.5 uh nine feet nine and a half feet wingspan you have the golden eagle at uh seven feet and then you have the foxtail hawk at 4.2 feet wingspan beautiful animals and, and these are um these feed off of dead dead uh, dead animals so you see how much how much must they consume there was um so in south america when they wanted to when, when they wanted to capture these condors what they would do is they would put a lot of food up in the mountains where the the condors will be if there will be you know there'll be a lot of condors around so they would go and they would gather a lot of a lot of meat, uh, you know, from a, I don't know what kind of diseased animal, maybe like a horse. And so what would happen is that the condors would feast, and um, then it would come time for them to, they have to rest for a few hours prior to being able to take flight. So they would feed them, get them nice and fat, and uh, then they would capture them because they would be so full that they were unable to take off. So that's how they would capture condors. Genie, Genie Bottle says, an albatross aloft can be a spectacular sight. These feathered giants have the longest wingspan of any bird up to 11, was it 11 feet? 11 feet, I think. 11 feet, okay, yeah, pretty big 11 feet, it's too long. And then Diablo says, uh, I saw the link to this show on the Art Bell subreddit. Awesome, that's why I posted it. Me too, at Diablo. Genie Bottle, welcome, Diablo. Keep uh, keep my channel uh, subscribe to me and give me a like. I helps me helps you know if I'm providing some entertainment that would be awesome for you guys. Thank you, I appreciate that. So we're getting close to the eight o'clock hour. I'm getting some new listeners in. Would you like? Would you guys like to call? Nine five one nine seven seven sixty four ninety nine. 
let me back that up. 951-977-1159. Yeah, I'm looking at the forum right now, very cool. So the, the original intent of the show was to, um, the original intent of my channel actually was to, to put old uh, Art, Art Bell uh, shows up. So I have a large collection of Art Bell shows on my channel. The name of the channel is called The Time Travel Show. And, and um, I have about a hundred, a hundred of all Art Belt shows. So, a lot of, uh, you know, when it comes to reposting shows, you have to be careful because of copyright laws and what have you. So, I had an older channel and I had a bunch of, older, I think I had like 200 videos up. And then the channel was closed because I seem to have violated some of the the rights and the copyright. So I reopened the channel a few months later, a few weeks later, and uh, I noted that any video that wasn't dinged in my official, in my original copyright complaint, um, I re-uploaded it. So those are the videos that you see up now. And I've uh, amassed a vast amount of subscribers and a bunch of listening hours so there's a lot of uh, art bell lovers out there and the other day i was thinking about it, i'm like wait but why don't why don't why don't, why don't i kind of do a, a online show meaning um kind of emulate a little bit of what art bell did right so what, what does that what does that mean that means that i would uh do a, a live youtube channel in which i have the people calling me and sort of discuss some of the same things that Art did. And here I am, trying to do the same thing. So yeah, I have a, I have a lot of listening hours here. Um, let me see. As far as like the channel itself, it has uh, just in the last, the last 28 days, it's gotten 23,000 views. So there's a lot of Art Bell listeners out there. I have a little bit below 3,500 subscribers and average about 7,500 uh, views in the last 24 hours. That's a lot. I have almost 20,000 uh, watch hours. So it's, I mean, it, the, the, the people love it. I love it. I fell in love with Art Bell back in the late 90s when I used to drive. And uh, I happened to turn into the AM dial and I found art. Awesome guys, awesome guy, awesome guy. So I was, I was bummed out and I was sad when we lost him a few years back. It's just a friendly voice that you listen to and you identify with. And, um, and yeah, and you know, hence the love that everybody has for art. 
so I wanted to kind of emulate some of that and um, yeah here I am with that being said um, given the fact that it's Friday and a lot of people are out it's only 8 p.m. the Pacific Coast I'm just gonna call it a show and um, and thank you guys for for tuning in tonight JD says do you remember the one show art had the guy talking about hollow earth and the guy talked about Bigfoot being Kane from the Bible um, no I don't remember the hollow earth uh, the Kane I don't remember but that would be cool because uh, supposedly Kane was uh, was was mad, um, given uh, they told him one of the punishment was that he was going to be wanderer came from the, the biblical story one of his punishments for killing his brother was that he was going to be a, a wanderer and have no home that's pretty cool thanks for that JD I appreciate it all right guys so I'm going to sign off with my uh, my favorite tune which I have to emphasize it's um it's not the original song it's a cover song with a cover backing track as well uh, by a guy named Francisco P Francisco if you want to follow him he makes killer covers he's a very um, abled uh, musician okay so we'll sign off Friday November 10th thank you guys so much for following me God bless you have a good rest of the day.